So, so a couple of days ago, um, I just recorded this uh, quick uh, eight-minute uh, segment. And part of it is just because I, I really uh, admire uh, Dr. Uh, Andrew Huberman and his uh, podcast. And I find that when I go through it, I get, ad- I, I get ideas. I get ideas about things that I'd want to do, my personal life, my professional life, uh, things I'd want to do to help patients. And I just thought this one podcast was especially uh, powerful due to his life story, uh, due to uh, some of the things he's done to help himself. And the stuff he's researching and uh, sharing with uh, the general public to help others. Uh, and I hope uh, this segment inspires you to do a deeper dive into the podcast that I saw and also into uh, some of his other work that can probably help you personally, as I know it's definitely helped me. So I, I got up around, I don't know, like 6 a.m. today, you know, and I just uh, put on the TV and I was uh, putting on a YouTube. Uh, I was just saying, oh, I need some positive energy. And and I came across this Huberman uh, Lab uh, podcast that I might have seen maybe a year ago. I don't know. And it was really about hacking your motivational uh, system. And, and you know, I, I just... Uh, I listened to it and I just thought it was very relevant to some of the, the addiction work that we do. And I thought like it would be great to just uh, share a couple of ideas around it. Um, I vaguely remember this podcast that I listened to maybe like a while back where it talked about how when you're in adulthood, uh, there's about three ways to develop a purpose and meaning. You know, one of the ways was just to try random things out and see what sticks. The other one is when someone goes through hardship, uh, like a divorce or a death or something like that. Uh, all of a sudden their mind starts uh, thinking it differently. And the third way was imitation. And when I heard the person talk about that, you know, it was, uh, it couldn't just be imitation. I felt like it had to be something uh, more, right? Like it had to be like, um, almost like admiration and where you emulate and uh, mimic and copy, you know, the same way as a kid, you know, you would uh, take uh, shots of uh, basketball shots on the driveway, uh, emulating Kobe Bryant or uh, Michael Jordan and so forth. And so, so for today, just this inspiration was this podcast. I'm basically going to talk about, you know, um, what makes uh, Huberman Huberman based on what he's shared. I'm, I'm going to share a bit about what his podcast is and what some of the key messages are. And most importantly, I'm going to share why it's relevant for um, uh, addiction. And, and with Andrew Huberman, um, he's a neuroscientist. Uh, he originally did really like hardcore neuroscience work on uh, vision, uh, whereas his goal was help the blind see, and it's, it's evolved uh, quite a bit to uh, motivation, human behavior, uh, depression, all those uh, kinds of um, kinds of things, and he's uh, based at Stanford. And a couple years back, he started this Huberman Lab podcast, and uh, it's really two hours of just him speaking uh, really intensely about self-improvement, uh, behavior, motivation, depression, mental illness. Uh, and he does it in a very neuroscience uh, basis, which is quite uh, solid, you know. And uh, for myself, I think, you know, when I was in undergrad, I always wanted to be a neuroscientist. My mom's uh, older sister was a very successful uh, scientist um, studying some kind of um, bacteria or... Um, and And so... It was something where I, d- I did work in a neuroscience lab for a period of uh, time. And so you just when you see someone who has that knowledge and is trying to inspire the world, you know, it's uh, it's really, um, it gets your mind going a bit. 
So in this podcast that we'll have the link below where he was interviewed by Rich Roll, uh, it has like 12 million uh, views uh, and it's uh, the first time that I heard him talk about himself. Um, he grew up in an environment where he had a physicist uh, who was a father, a uh, father who was a scientist who uh, had two labs, one at Stanford, one somewhere else. Uh, and growing up, he would constantly have these great scientists that would be over at uh, dinner. And he'd learn about the people, he'd learn about the relationships, he'd go down to um, this Aspen Center and read books and things like that. And then around the time that he was 13, um, his father and his mom split up. His uh, father went off to Europe uh, somewhere to run a lab, and he had no connection. His mom uh, really struggled with a very severe depression at that time. Uh, he was uh, at a school that's like the school for the top prodigies, but also a school that had the most uh, high suicide rate in the country uh, called Gun High School. He was kicked out of that school, went to another school, kicked out of that school. And then something happened where they, they put him in some kind of facility where there was 12 people and they sort of forced him to stay. And in that facility, someone told him that, well, you know, if you want to get out of here, you have to do everything they tell you. You'll be out of there within a month. And then from the ages like 13 to like 18, 19, it was fascinating. He was very in involved in the skateboarding community. And he talks about how the people there, um, a third of them ended up doing phenomenal things, starting their own business. A third of them just sort of uh, did whatever. And a third of them were really struggling with mental illness and addiction as they got uh, got older. Also during that time, he had a girlfriend that was very motivating uh, for him. Uh, and he also... Uh, um, I had a therapist that he was seeing. And so part of that treatment program we went to, he had to see a therapist twice a week. And he was exposed to this John Kabat-Zinn book about uh, where you are, there you go, uh, or something along those lines, introduction to mindfulness. And he really felt such a strong connection with that therapist that he was seeing twice a week. And he found a way to uh, do this mindfulness exercise for about 10 minutes a, a day. Uh, when his uh, girlfriend went off to high school, he lived in some kind of parking lot across from her dorm. He didn't go to high school, university uh, for that uh, year. Uh, and then what happened um, after that, after the breakup, he tried some martial arts, sports, something happened where he decided that he needed to make use of his uh, excellent uh, memory, right, and try to learn something and become uh, competent and successful. He had great mentors and uh, supervisors. There's one PhD supervisor that was really well known at Stanford. Uh, he'd always smoke cigarettes uh, in the uh, lab uh, and uh, so forth. Uh, he had a very good friend die from suicide and a very good friend that struggles with uh, schizophrenia. And he had to force himself to get motivated on things. So he had to force himself to sit, learn to focus, all of those kinds of things. And when you hear that story that's full of, you know, what some people would call trauma, when some people would call a perseverance, or some people would call personal development and skill development um, around that time, you can almost see why it's so important for him to help uh, others. And part of me wonders, what is it about him that made him so great? And he talks a lot about how uh, fear uh, has always been a big motivator. He talks a lot about different motivations uh, in terms of uh uh, goal setting, uh, the mentors, uh, all of those uh, kinds of uh, things. Uh, and it's really quite remarkable he's been able to do what he's um, he's done. His podcast is very much focused on self-development. A lot of the stories he'll uh, share what he personally does to focus and motivate himself. He's very inspired by 
much inspired by greatness in some kind of way. And part of me wonders whether or not we would be so lucky to have someone like him had it not been for his father uh, leaving for Europe when he was in his uh, teens. When his father left for Europe, uh, he was um, mainly raised by his mother who had such a severe depression that he ended up in uh, some kind of a facility. And, and, and you know, just when, when I hear these kinds of things, his work pretty much combines the science of his father in terms of that skill set and also uh, awareness around the mental health issues that his mother dealt with and that his two friends with schizophrenia and suicide dealt with uh, as well. And uh, it's full of all these great things. One thing that's particularly relevant for addiction has to do with the dopamine state and neuroplasticity. He talks about how we have this belief that the brain is very plastic until the age of 25. And in his different podcasts, uh, he'll give these definitions around what um, addiction is. He describes addiction as a progressive narrowing of things that give you a pleasure. And his podcast walk you through how to expand what that zone of pleasure is and what to add to that. He has a model of the world that uh, starts with uh, physical sensation, then it goes to perception, then emotions, then thoughts, then behavior. Uh, and he's very specific in how sometimes we make a mistake by focusing on our thoughts when really for some people it's the behavior that causes that, um, uh, that, that shift. Uh, and one thing that comes up when we talk about substance use is what do you replace it with? What else do you put sort of in that, um, what do you put in its place, you know, and how do you learn to build that focus? How do you learn to build those things? And he has these shortcuts that talk about epinephrine, um, noradrenaline, uh, N-acetylcholine or acetylcholine uh, and uh, dopamine. And he talks about how the acetylcholine is almost like the spotlight for focus. Uh, the dopamine comes from the meaning and the uh, salience. And then the epinephrine uh, is like that uh, physical movement activity. And uh, there are these magic techniques that are based in neuroscience and psychological research that can allow you to maintain that motivation and focus for long periods of time. So in summary, you know, I think just... Uh, it's just a podcast that I found very interesting. Uh, I find it fascinating, you know, around figuring out and listening to uh, the choices people make and what allows uh, certain things to be important to them. And I feel uh, very fortunate, though, even though Andrew Huberman or Dr. Huberman went through these horrible times in his uh, teens, uh, his life purpose seems to be very much related to um, solving these very difficult um, psychological uh, problems using neuroscience, but also creating this entire database of all neuroscience and behavior knowledge available to the entire world uh, for, uh, for free. And um, it's just really uh, great that uh, we are in this day and age where we have access to people like his uh, work and uh, so forth. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. And um, I hope you enjoy his uh, podcast and his uh, talks. Uh, I find all of them very interesting when I'm in that right state and if it's a topic that uh, captures my mind. And it's uh, fascinating to hear and learn about how um, a research scientist uh, who's very much focused on personal uh, self-improvement uh, puts all that knowledge together in a way that the general audience can take it up. So thank you.